Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 319. We are recording this on Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. I'm David Lotz. Joining me for this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey everybody, what's up? Yasha Wilson. Hey, hey, hey everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hello everyone. Hi there. Happy a few days before Christmas, so I guess this will be our chance on the podcast to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Holidays. Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Tonight's first, first night of Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have one more show left this year, but yeah, last show before Christmas. So Let's, let's not get bogged down in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Merry Christmas. And Merry- to you guys as well. Merry Christmas and happy impeachment. Woohoo. <laughs> wow. God bless us. Getting political. God bless us, everyone. God bless us. I love Yasha. He put that perfectly. God bless us, everyone. Everyone. Um, all right. Anyways. All right. Well, in this episode, we basically have one topic, one topic only. We're going to be talking about Star Wars this week. Uh, of course, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9, released this weekend. And we have all seen it. I think some of us multiple times. Bobby, how many times did you end up seeing it? Three times. Three times. Oh my wow. god! How did you even find that much time? <laughs> I saw it Thursday night, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday morning. This morning, this morning. man. Yeah. Nice. You go, jeez. <laughs> and then I, I, I believe the rest of us all, all only saw it once, right, Yasha? I assume. <laughs> That is affirmative. I have only seen it once. <laughs> only seen it once. You saw you, it today. I was going to say, you're still digesting everything. Yeah. I guess it's a good thing the Bowl of Destiny threw you last then. You're still kind of digesting all this. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Wars, and we're basically going to jump right into it. Uh, to be clear, we will share our thoughts spoiler-free first, like we always do when we do this sort of thing, talk about a big release. But we will get into spoilers. We will give you plenty of warning before we do that. Uh, But that'll probably be most of the show, I would say, is a spoiler discussion. But we will share our spoiler-free thoughts first. Uh, With that, yes, uh, we kind of determined an order for this pre-record. And Bobby, you drew first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your thoughts on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Well, let's see. There we going into it, it's everyone knows the deal. This is JJ Abrams' second time um helming the Star Wars new trilogy, passed off from Ryan Johnson in the last one. And my thoughts on the the last Jedi was that for anyone that doesn't remember, I think the movie works in a vacuum. If there had not been a Force Awakens before that, in a sense, um, it does a lot of things that are really, really good. But when I link it to the Force Awakens, there seems to be, you can feel how disjointed it is. So I have mixed feelings about that movie. And overall, I, it, I think it's a good movie, but it's just not a Star Wars movie that I felt like I, I really enjoyed. Um, having said that, going into this one, knowing that J.J. Abrams was coming back to do it, gave me some sort of uh, hope that he would be able to tie it all in and, and do a job in which 
is almost an impossible task of trying to tie in all nine movies. So, um, when I when I went into it, I, I kind of had the expectations of like uh, edginess, honestly, because unlike you guys, I had read all the reviews ahead of time, or not the reviews, but at least the social media reactions, and the critics on it had been very negative to to mixed. Uh, there was some brightness in there as well, but it seemed like a lot of things that I was reading, there was a decent amount of negativity. So I went, I went in very uh, um, on edge in terms of how I was going to receive it. And after I came out of the movie, I felt like it was, I felt okay with it. I, I, I wasn't elated. I wasn't um, specifically mad at the movie, but it felt like it, it had a lot to do and almost maybe too much to do it, to the point where I feel like maybe it would have been better if they had split this up between a nine and a 10, because I, I, I think that maybe some of the things that take place in this movie could have been fleshed out a little bit better if they had some things for this one and then left some other things for another movie. It just felt like, you know, maybe he was too packed with things and trying to do too much. But um, that was essentially, I guess, how I felt, you know, just when I came out of it. But I saw it a second time. And when I saw it the second time, I think maybe everything I had as far as expectations and just also knowing the beats of the story and where it was going to go that kind of faded to the background. And when I went the second time, I took my son with me and he's 11 and the crowd that I was with was into the movie. My son was into the movie. And I think some of that washed over onto me as well, because I enjoyed it a lot more the second time I saw it than I did the first time. So ultimately I think that, for me, what happened with this movie is the same thing that happened with me for Lost, and that uh, a lot of people don't like the series finale of Lost because there was all these unanswered questions, and you know there there was things that they brought up throughout the series that never got answered or or just was not satisfactory in the way they were answered, and people were upset, and and, and I get that, but I think the reason why I was happy with the way Lost ended was because for me it was about the journey and the characters and how much I wanted to see these characters in, in a good place. And so I think ultimately, even though I have a lot of problems with this movie, I enjoyed seeing the characters together and seeing where they ended up that made me essentially enjoy it more than I disliked it. So I'm like, if I was on a teeter-totter, I'd be a little bit more up in the air than down on the ground. So I, 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 I liked it, and I enjoyed it, but I have issues with it. All right, Michelle, you uh, came in second here. What did you think of the film? Oh, um, oh gosh. <laughs> um, I, I will definitely say it doesn't rank very high in my love of Star Wars films. Um, 
I, I think the Star Wars film has a lot of issues. I think the Star Wars film might actually have more issues than The Last Jedi does, which are words I don't think I would have ever said. But yeah, this there's, there's a lot happening here. And I think that's the biggest issue. There's a lot happening here. There's almost too much happening here. And I have to kind of piggyback on what Bobby was saying. They took a, a lot of things that were going on and they condensed it into this one film. And, you know, I mean, that, God, the first 30, 35 minutes of this film is really plugging along at a very quick pace. And you're really catching a lot of information really quick and kind of catching up, like, you know, as far as like timeline has gone by, a lot of information is getting thrown at you really fast. I don't have a problem with it so much, but it's just... It's like, okay, this is a lot of stuff. And I almost kind of feel like I, I wish you could take more time on this. This, this sounds interesting. I, w I wish there was more time to consume all of this. And there's not. And it really just, it just plugs away with a lot of information really, really quick throughout the whole film. And it's just moving around and I don't know. It just kind of seems like it's a little bit all over the place after that first like 30, 35, maybe even 40 minutes. It kind of starts really jumping around and... I just don't think there's a lot of additional character development as far as the main three, the new three, you know, Finn, Ray, and Poe. I feel like I feel like I'm not getting a lot more personality out of them, honestly, and I'm not really feeling their connection. Like it just doesn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I've gotten a lot of growth out of this. I was kind of feeling that way with the Last Jedi, and I really feel this way with this one, and. I don't, I don't know. It just, it just didn't pull me in. And I, I really wish I could have seen this second time. And I would hope that maybe in my second viewing of this, I could come out of it kind of feeling more like Bobby is right now where he's just going to go back and enjoying it for what it is. But right now with only seeing it the one time back on Thursday night, I'm just, I'm really not happy. Even the other night, David and I did a quick, you know, spoiler effect and I quickly pointed out this one positive of the film that I really loved a lot, actually, which I'll be honest, I was surprised I liked it a lot. I was, I wouldn't have thought that I would have, but it was kind of hard to think of additional positives after that. And I'm still a little bit of a loss as far as things I really liked a lot of this film. So much is just negative. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I, right now where I'm sitting is I'm not happy with it. I think it's a mess. I feel like Disney didn't have a good view of what they wanted to do with this new this new part of the franchise, this this three movie epic that they were doing to end the Skywalker saga. And I just feel like they just threw a ton of money at it and they were like, go big, go big, go big, go bigger, keep going, keep going, just big, just blow it out, screw it all, just, just explode and go nuts and that's that's what we got <laughs> I just I don't know I'm kind of kind of bummed not really at a loss but more just kind of like wow that's that's what we got <laughs> really <laughs> so yeah that's that's my best uns with no spoilers review of this film that's where I'm at this movie is a hot mess Disney doesn't know what they're doing and I'm not happy all right uh <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm next. Um, I guess to kind of recap, also like you did, Bobby, I mean, I mean, what was it? Back in 2012, we got the announcement that Disney was buying Lucasfilm and 
like immediately they're like, Hey, we're coming out with a Star Wars film in 2015. And we were all like, Holy mother of God. That's like, we went from no Star Wars to suddenly we're getting a Star Wars in three years and episode uh, seven, you know, to continue the saga. Like what the hell is this going to be? And, and it was exciting and we got force awakens and I, to this day, I still, I love force awakens. I think it was a great film and especially our three main characters, Ray, Finn, Poe, the, you know, we, they introduced three characters that were just like, Oh my God, this is these, they're great. It totally works. I totally am love with these characters right off the bat. And I like the film and, and then last Jedi comes around and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of divisiveness about that film and, you know, I, I fall in the middle. I, there's a lot of things I really like about that movie and there's a lot of things I don't. And I guess it's frustrating too, when you listen to all the, the, the people that don't like the film, the things that I think most people complain about, I actually don't have problems with It's other things, you know, other than I think we can mostly agree. Canto bite is terrible, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm middle of the road on last Jedi and I've kind of was looking at, all right, well, yeah, let's see what JJ does with rise of Skywalker. I feel like rise of Skywalker could be that kind of film is it, it's either going to make last Jedi and this whole trilogy work and make last Jedi a better film or who knows what. And I think we, we fell in the, the, who knows what here? Like I, I, I walked out of the film kind of confused and not really happy with what I had seen, but feeling like, I don't know, maybe I got to sit with this and digest it for a few days and, yeah, it's been a few days and I'm, I would say I'm not any better, maybe a little worse about the movie. I'm not, I'm not happy with what I saw. <laughs> um, in the end, I feel like, yeah, did Disney and, and their move to make these three films, it, it's a mess in the end. And it's unfortunate to say, cause I really love force awakens on its own. And there's things I like about less Jedi, but now when you look in hindsight, when I look back at this trilogy after Rise of Skywalker, this this was a disastrous mess. Like, yeah. they they went in with no plan, and this is what happened. And, you know, it's been said elsewhere, and I will agree. Yeah, J.J. kind of went into this film with a bad situation. <laughs> and and the argument could be made that maybe he did the best he could. But I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think he could have done better. Um and I think it's also unfortunate that it was always looked at like, oh, we're going to make a trilogy and this is going to be the end. You know, kind of like what you said, Bobby, like, uh, why couldn't we have made another film? Why could not we have made another film? Like, yeah. the, why did this have to end here? Especially after Last Jedi, the way Last Jedi ended, it felt like a reset. I think we talked about that on here when we reviewed it. It was like, man, this in a lot of ways, this is a good ending. But like, wow, it's like, how do you wrap this up in one more movie? And this is what we got and it just is too much and stuff that was obviously not always planned. It, this is, yeah, it's, it's frustrating and I don't like it. And I think this actively makes the other two movies worse and it makes me want to just crawl into a, I like the original trilogy and that's really all I need. <laughs> like I'm good. Like I, you know, it's, it's, it's as a star Wars fan, it's a huge bummer. I've like the day after I saw the movie, I was at work on Friday. I was in a really bummy mood. <laughs> like just, wow. it, this movie <laughs> bummed me out. Like it just, as a star Wars fan, I mean, it just like, 
I don't, I don't want this. I want, I love star Wars and I still do. This doesn't take away from that, but you know, we were all, it was a fandom that was already divided and kind of messed up, <laughs> you know, and it, it hasn't been in a great place for a while. I mean, with the prequels, it wasn't in a great place, right. you know, I mean, and now with this, it's like, damn it. Like it's, it's just frustrating. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to say a lot more without talking about spoilers, but this movie bumps me out. I think it's got a lot of problems and I went from going into it feeling like, oh man, you know, we know based on what Disney and Lucasfilm has said that after this movie, they're taking kind of a break from Star Wars. We're not going to go Star Wars movie for a while. And I went into this going, oh, it's a bummer. Like, man, I, I'm excited about this. But after this, we're not going to get a Star Wars movie for, for a while. That sucks. But now I'm like, yeah, no, we we don't need a Star Wars movie for a while. Like, oh, I, no, they need to think and a regroup. Break, a break <laughs> needs to happen for sure. And we've got some good stuff hopefully coming on Disney+. Plus. I'm looking forward to that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like no, no <laughs> Star Wars in theaters for a while is probably a very good thing. Just just to kind of be clear, like you don't hate this film. I don't hate it. I don't either. I don't hate it. There's definitely things I, I liked about it. There's, it there's, there's times I laughed in this movie. And yeah, me too. There's some action I liked. Some. Like, but, you know, JJ has said himself, you know, in an interview recently, I guess, you know, he, he said like he's good at starting stories. He's not great at ending them. And this is a perfect example. <laughs> like, you know, I I wish that, you know, I thought J.J. made a great first film in this trilogy. And I think Ryan Johnson did really interesting things in his second film. Mm-hmm. I wish now, in hindsight, they could have just found another director like they originally had planned. But found another director to just make a third film and 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 preferably make a fourth film after that, you know, some, yeah, you know, not, that's what I was going to say, but it's, it seems like either they should have had a plan from the beginning and just let JJ make all three and let, and when JJ kind of started his mystery box and force awakens, if he could have just preferably like had a plan and finished it out on his own all the way through, that'd have been great or fine. If you're going to have different directors and let those directors do their own thing, then I wish they hadn't gone back to JJ mm-hmm. and now JJ seemingly going, Oh, okay. You know, last Jedi did all these things that kind of changed up what I was planning. So I'm just going to kind of now screw with that and do my own thing now. And it's just a mess. Yeah. So anyway, that's my thoughts without spoilers. Yasha, you just saw it today. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you know what? I, I enjoyed it for what it was like. It was, there were scenes in there that were highly predictable as like, okay, well that's going to come back. That's going to be- come back. I didn't, I mean, there, but there are things also that I really, really didn't enjoy. Like I thought the, I thought the scroll was lazy and boring and stupid. Like I was like, that's almost like nothing that we needed to know. I just didn't think that it was great at all. I think JJ is really good at pulling at the heartstrings and just throwing nostalgia shit all over the place when it comes to films like this. Um, He's done Star Trek. He's done this. And it's just like a lot of it is just like you're just waiting for that moment when it's just going to be overly nostalgic and kind of like a little wrap up type of feeling. And that's exactly what he did with this movie. In my sense, in my eyes, I just felt like it was a, a, a tried to be a wrap up and throw a bunch of nostalgic stuff at you 
to the point where you're like, oh, and I mean, it worked on me because I enjoyed the film to an extent. I, I liked it. I mean, I think I, I still need to sit on it. I'm probably going to see it a second time in the theater. There are some parts that I really had, I took, took reservation with and really didn't like, but um, overall I thought it was fine. And I say that almost like a question, but I really did enjoy where some of it really, where it had, where it headed. Um, but yeah, I just felt like a lot of it was JJ just being overly nostalgic with his memories of what he really loved from uh, lightsaber battles to appearance changes to pilots coming back from wherever and being thrown into the mix again. It was fine. Uh, that's really all I have to say about it. Like, I just, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I went in there kind of trying to have a clean slate, even though I did start paying a little bit of attention to the headlines of how people were overly disappointed and this Star Wars is the worst one of the series and all this other stuff. I feel like they've raised so many questions with, I, I, I tried to go in with, just an open mind at that. And I think I did a pretty good job of that, but I think they did raise so many questions for so many different reasons and characters that it's just like, wait, what? And it's like, is this the end? Are we not going to get any more movies? Um, I, I, I don't understand why I introduced this type of a connection or this type of a person. If they're almost just going to be a, subsidiary character or a small small character or just leave these huge clues and questions and you're just kind of like wait what like what's happening with that so i um but i mean still overall i did enjoy it i did have a good time with it um and i'll probably sit through it a second time just to see if i really did enjoy it or try and pick out some other things all right well i'm glad you liked it overall or glad you enjoyed it um, I guess with that, unless anybody has anything they want to talk about before we get into spoilers, we can get into spoilers. Anyone? Okay. Yep. No, uh, I mean, yeah, I think we've all kind of sorry. got out there. Um, yeah. With that, we'll jump into spoilers for the film. Uh, last warning. Spoilers. If, uh, if you haven't seen it, we're going to talk about spoilers for the rise of the Skywalker. Spoiler. Uh, with that, uh, I mean, where to start, Bobby, you, uh, had started off the, with, with the reviews with not spoilers, anything you want to start off with? Uh, well, I mean, I guess just to talk a little bit more about how I felt uh, going into it the first time or, you know, as I was watching it, it, you know, for me, the, the, I, I don't know exactly time wise, um, at what point in the movie it was, but as far as time, but for me, a whole bunch of the movie was working pretty well for me and I was enjoying myself and I was sitting there watching it. And I was thinking, I don't really see what the critics were upset about. I don't really have a problem. And then it wasn't until at the point where Kylo and Ray are fighting on the destroyed uh, Death Star and when she kills him that's essentially when everything started to fall apart for me. It, it, like the wheels were starting to fall off one by one, but rapidly there it was, it was going good. She kills him. And then 
I think the problem was that's when the movie started to do too much too quickly. There was no time to breathe between a lot of the different things that were that was going on because all within that moment, she, as she kills him, you also have General General Leia or General um, General Leia. Why do I keep trying to call her Leia? Um, Leia. She essentially dies in that moment, but then not long after that. All of a sudden, we get Harrison Ford as Han Solo back. And then not long after that, she takes off. And then we have Luke, and he's back. And then it was like all these different things were happening. And I couldn't have enough time to just sort of take it in and, and let it sit. It was just like rapid fire, you know, one big thing after another. And it was just kind of like, let me let me have some time with this. But they were rushing to that you know, final battle so fast that none of it got to sit with me long enough. And then, you know, you get into the battle and it just started to feel like there was good elements in that, but then there was bad elements within it. But when I watched it the second time, knowing those beats and just kind of just like saying, well, that's obviously bad in terms of the way it was structured and in the story and trying to do too much but i know that's all there so let me just sort of watch it and as i just watched it i i think i got more out of it the second time in terms of the emotions the acting um being able to know and having processed it after the first time and seeing it the second time i was able to pull more from those moments and and I, and one of the things that I really enjoyed this time around that I haven't in in either of the other two movies was uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. For me, I think this is the best way I've ever seen him. To when when you first see him before he dies, he's about as badass as I've ever wanted him to be. Uh, he's not he's not whining. He's not you know being. Um, flip floppy he just knows what he is and what he's doing and he was like a good villain at that point and just being really um badass and then after he kind of comes back and, and sort of becomes ben um initially i didn't i guess i was just already still angry with the that character from everything that he's done since the force awakens that it was hard for me to buy the redemption the change. But then as I watched it the second time, I think even that let go a little bit to where it paid off more for me. When, when that switch happens, I noticed certain things like when the, there's that moment with him and Han, he's kind of, um, has that memory, but in, in the way that he plays it in this movie, it's kind of like he wishes that's what he would have done in the force awakens. And so you, you, it's easier to buy that redemption in terms of him sort of settling up with his dad and, and what happened there. But in an overall arc for Kylo Ren's Ben Solo, there is no real redemption to be had in the sense that, I mean, he with Starkiller base killed millions of people. So it's like, I, I at least I, I can settle up with him in Han Solo kind of within the context of this film. And then him 
essentially being able to save Ray at the end uh, helps that. And from a story point, I, I, I was able to buy into what they were doing. And, but just from a personal point, I'm always like going to hold that grudge because he killed Han Solo. But just aside from that, I just really loved what they did with Adam Driver uh, or, and Kylo Ren in this movie. And same thing with um, Finn. I really liked the first time I saw it, but the second time I saw it more in that with John Boyega, the way he's acting in the movie, every time he's yelling out, whether he's yelling out for you know Poe or, or Ray or... I, you can feel like the emotion in, in John Boyega as he's acting and, and doing the, the different things that he's doing in the movie. And I really, really glommed on the first time and even more so the second time to just having all this good amount of time with the three of them together. Because that's what I loved about The Force Awakens in the first place is they introduced, introduced these three new characters and made me like these new characters when that would have been a hard task just in general. I mean, you can, you, that could have went wrong and, and then they would have been dead in the water from the start, but being able to make these characters likable from the start and then not getting as much of them together in the last Jedi as I, I would have liked seeing them together with so much time this time around really helped. And I, I really think that pulled me and carried me throughout the movie, but that's just a few things. Um, I'll let somebody else go and out and come back to me later with some more stuff. I'll try to keep it brief because I really kind of feel like I let mo- a lot of my main thoughts go when I did the spoiler effect with well, you. That doesn't matter. I mean, I know, but I'll I'll, I'll separate show. I'm not gonna get too too crazy here. So I'll start off with the, the what I feel like for me is the most positive thing that came out of this film. And 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 Bobby, you you kind of talked a little bit about it, but honestly, for me, it's it's the redemption of Ben Solo, the the changing over from Kylo Ren back into Ben Solo, basically the death of Kylo Ren and the rebirth of Ben Solo. I think I think that storyline was done really well. Maybe a smidgen too rushed there at the end, but overall I'm I'm really happy with the arc of his story as a grand whole from this from these three films, including this film. Like it just I think it plays out really well. It's probably the only thing that I think I could look at all three films as a whole and think that this is the one storyline that plays out really, really, really well. Like totally well the whole way from start to finish. Um, and and it, it goes really well in this film and Adam Driver really delivers really well with it. It just it hits you emotionally when he's having this memory of Han Solo appear in front of him and it's, it's his own mind kind of reminding him of who he is and what he comes from. And I, it's a really powerful scene. I really liked it. Um, let's see. (laughs) I will say that that the other good character arc and conclusion is Ray's. Um, it's a little bit of a mess if you look for the whole of the three films, but I think it, it does, it does conclude well. I'm actually really happy with, um, I'm really happy with the way that she really owns being, where she's really the last Jedi. Like she's really the one that now embodies all Jedi since the history of Jedi beginning. And she she really brings it home and she really she knows where she initially came from, but now she gets to choose what she's going to be at the end of the day. And 
I, I like her taking the name of Skywalker. I think it's a really great conclusion. I think it's earned. And I think that it fits for her. So, yeah, I think her storyline is probably a, a close behind the, the Ben Solo, uh, Kylo Ren storyline finishing. After that, <laughs> I'll be honest, it's hard for me to find a lot more positive in this film. Um, there are some good comedic relief things that are happening, but as a whole, I, I, I have a lot, a lot of issues and some are big and some are kind of stupid and little, but I think my biggest one, I think it's always going to be this is I feel that Palpatine coming back, being reborn almost basically coming back, being the main villain, zombie Palpatine, zombie Palpatine, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, being the main villain, I think it is, it's not earned. <laughs> I, I, there in no way, shape or form in the, in the previous two films, have we built the, the, the feeling in myself to feel the feelings of villainy towards this person. Now I do from previous films, but not within this section of the saga. Do I feel that it's an earned it's like Main villain. if in Force Awakens and in Last Jedi, if stuff had been kind of planted in to at least somewhat hint yeah. that, yeah, there's Snoke, but there's still something bigger behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like if that kind of thing had been going on, then yes, I could see where then the reveal in the final film is, oh, and that person is, oh my God, it's Palpatine. Like, yeah, then fine. Even just a smidge more, e even if it hadn't happened in um, The Force o Awakens, if it, it was more even just in, in The Last Jedi, it would still be more earned of an outcome of this being our main big bad guy at the end of the video game to defeat. It feels He's more, not. I mean, not to, sorry to jump in, but it feels yeah. more like with the way Last Jedi ended, you know, we don't have Snoke anymore <laughs> and yeah, Kylo Ren is now the supreme leader, but he's still like, he just, he, kind of a mess. he was kind of a mess and we talked about it on here. He's not really like the big bad. You can tell he's not. I mean, yeah. it, even in that film, it points to the fact that he's going to be redeemed as much as we were, everybody I think was kind of back and forth on that. You look at that moment in Last Jedi where he doesn't kill Leia when he had the chance to, you know, <laughs> stuff like that is like, he's not the big bad. He's still, he's still fighting and, his demons. And it's obvious when we get into this film, it's like, well, we need a big bad. Uh, let's bring back Palpatine. It just seems totally unplanned and forced. It, 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 yeah. it's, it's extremely forced. It's extremely feels unplanned. It just the payoff in the end just isn't earned for me. And I just can't buy into it. It just pisses me off. <laughs> It's but, just annoying. Because I bought into it pre-seeing the film back when we found out, okay, fine, he's going to be in this movie. You were down with it, yeah. I was down with it because knowing how Star Wars lore can be, it's it's possible. I, I could see that they could have made this film in a way where I'd be like, fine. Like, I felt like the, it, it could have been done where there could have been an explanation and I would have been like, cool, that makes sense. And fortunately, I don't, I don't think we got that. I don't think at any point in time you, you get... You get a, a concrete explanation of how this is even coming to truth. Like you kind of get a little softened roundabout explanation of it, but I don't think you're getting a full. Well, the movie, I understand. I mean, completely. the movie provides almost no explanation right. as to really well, getting, how he's there. And you're I think really it, getting it's a fuzzy. Yeah. It, it takes, I think a, a, 
a point of view, like a lot of Star Wars films where you, you just, just roll with it. You just kind of go with it. And here we are. And there's not a lot of backstory necessarily needed. But here it feels like. It's needed. Yeah. I, I mean, this seems kind of out of nowhere. Like just, OK, now we've got him back and. All these like followers, I guess, help bring him back. Maybe. Oh, don't or? get me started on that. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just, it's, it's just kind of a mess. I don't enjoy that. It just, yeah. I mean, hindsight would be that, yeah, somewhere towards the end of Last Jedi, after Snoke dies, maybe then Palpatine's voice comes over everything, and everybody goes, "Holy shit! What? What was that?" But no, that doesn't happen. And and then. Had this film been two films, they really could have taken their time building Snoke to, or building Palpatine to really be this big bad. And I probably would have bought it given a more time. But there's just no time. There's nothing. There's just too much getting shoved in this film. And this is the best example of too much information being shoved in this film or not enough information even being shoved in this film in a short amount of time. And it still had too much. It still had too much crap. Um, I really, I gotta tell you, I, <laughs> I won't get into it, but the whole arena full of Sith is just stupid to me. And then the whole fact that he has not just a fleet or an armada, it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it is, it is a world, it is, it literally is a galaxy, like, dominating grouping of of star destroyer ships that just it blows my mind and it makes me go how in the f is that even realistically possible and i am a star wars fan i kind of have to go into star wars and let some things just go it's sci-fi fiction david pointed out perfectly in the thing like we just you just go with it i will say 3,000 of these ships. I just can't buy into however many of those damn ships there were. I just, too much. It was just way overkill. Like, there's just no way. And then, then let alone the people to literally man them. The hundreds of thousands of people that man these damn Star Destroyers. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, like where's Palpatine hiding these? Like, he's not making that many clones. There's no way he's pumped that much. Like, it's just... Oh, such a mess to me. And that's literally just the whole Palpatine situation. Like, there's so many other things. And I won't even get into all of it at this moment. Maybe we'll talk about more as a chit-chatty thing. But right now, I'm just kind of like, my main good and my main bad, those would be that right now. And that's, we can talk more stuff, but I'll let somebody else talk. So I'm not rambling. I mean, we're, all, we're all talking. I mean, I know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a your turn, my turn, but I know. But yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is the whole Palpatine thing. And, and I think I'll jump into this and I'll let you kind of touch on this because I think you and I both agree like we're not major fans of the trio and the development. And then we don't really buy into them <clears> having <throat> as strong of a relationship as they're trying to portray. Uh, yeah, I, I guess my my gut feeling about my main trio of characters here, Ray, Finn, and Poe, is I don't have the attachment to them like I did at the end of the original trilogy with with Luke, Han, and Leia. And it I mean, seems you did like, after Force Awakens. Well, I mean, Force Awakens, Bobby, you agreed too. Like it, Force Awakens, if it did only, it did many things right in my opinion. <laughs> but I mean, if you picked one thing, it did right. It it did those characters well. Like in it, like you said, it could have be- gone badly. You're introducing new characters, and characters into the Star Wars universe 
and we could have not liked them and that that this franchise could have probably just died right there but we i think all loved them like they were they were great in that movie but then in my opinion last jedi even if you love that movie and my, I don't, I still like, I, I don't think it did those characters any favors. Like, no, no. I, and I don't even, no. I don't even mind necessarily that they were split up. That's fine. I mean, it's, but they didn't build anywhere. Yeah, if anything, just, it made them look worse, especially the way Finn was portrayed. I, and I loved Finn and force awakens. I just not a big fan of that character. And I don't like the way Poe's portrayed and in that Poe as well. I'm not a big he, fan of Poe. He's portrayed as a dumb, dumb. Yeah, like, basically not, not even like, Oh, he makes mistakes. He was portrayed as a dumb dumb. <laughs> and Ray's fine in it, but I don't yeah. think that movie did any favors to our attachment to those characters at all. So when this movie comes around, and yes, they get back together, and in, in this film, I think their chemistry is good, and I enjoy seeing them Better back together. Than the Last Jedi. But in the end, I don't, you know, have this attachment to them that I'm like, oh man, I'm not going to see these three anymore. I'm left kind of going, oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> like, Thanks for all you did, Ray. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm bummed, maybe that we can't see more of them just to give them another chance. Right. More, some redemption. I would love to see right. another film with these guys, but I know that's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. And yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's a downer. And, and, and I say this and honestly, the, the first 30 minutes of the movie kind of had me fooled because there's a moment when the three of them all get together on the rebel base and it's this it's this great scene between the three of them honest to god like between ray and poe and ray and finn and finn and poe and the three of them are kind of bouncing off of each other i'm like okay this is good i feel like i haven't seen this in since the first film this is excellent this makes me happy and then it's gone i don't really see that for the rest of the film like there's no friendship connection witty banter poking like there's just nothing happening that makes me feel connected with them and there's nothing that really furthers their own depth of their character building in any way shape or form for me it's it was it was depressing to watch it honestly i was kind of like wow my hopes got really high for a minute and now they're back where they were yeah it's interesting because uh, I think when I saw it the second time, I saw more of that banter between them in different moments besides just at the, the rebel station that they had on the planet. There are some times when they're um, like on the I forget the other planet that they were on when they were underground and they're kind of uh, doing a few bits of witty banter. There's a part where I, I couldn't help but laugh is when um, Ray was they were in the tunnels and Ray took out her lightsaber and turned it on. And then Poe right next to to her turns on his flashlight, but like almost like a lightsaber as the beam goes up, but it's so weak. And there's just like this shared amount of time that they have when they're together where you, I don't know. I see it when they're like, when they haven't seen each other or have been split up and they come back together and the way they, they embrace each other and, and hug and and usually it's always uh finn's the first one he he will go after you know ray or poe and and there's just different times i saw it as well um even when they were on the um the station to with uh, i think is babu freak and uh zori uh when they were there with 3po there there's times even within that that they that they have the banter 
But um, yeah, I can understand if if like a lot of people who were watching it didn't get that feeling from it. But I think when I saw it, it just it, I, I I started to notice a lot of uh, little things and just how it kind of came across to me, and it strengthened to me their relationship of the the bond that they have, and especially when you know there's a moment when they're sinking in that sand or whatever it is, and Finn is trying to tell Ray something, and you don't hear what it is, and it and it sinks in the in the and they sink. And then she's like, well, what were you trying to say? And he kind of brushes it off. And then uh, he, then Poe comes up and he's like, yeah, what were you going to say? And he's like, oh, you know, you're not you're going to say it later when I'm not around. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. You know, but it's like always there's always little things, if not between the two of them, but then maybe between the three of them or some combination thereof. And the thing that I noticed the most was that what he actually wanted to say to her, and this was confirmed by JJ in this article I read today, is that he was trying to tell her or he wanted to tell her that he was force sensitive. And so when I watched the second time around and I noticed how he's like he, he's tracking her all the time and, and seeing things like what she's doing. And even sometimes he's calling out certain things like he knew that Kylo Ren was on the planet without her having to tell him that Ren was there. And other things, and it's because this is his friend, and he 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 has that connection, and he hasn't talked to her about it, and so like he's constantly um, seeing her moment, movements and moments, and when they're when Kylo and uh, Ray are fighting on the destroyed Death Star, uh, and he goes after her and he calls her name, and he he knows the danger, but he still goes after her. And then she knows as well, and so she force pushes him away. And it's just like all these little things that I, I was watching, and I was like, man, yeah, they really do genuinely care for each other. This is the first friend and family that Ray has had since she left Jakku. And so it, it all kind of tracks for me in a way that maybe it, got, it didn't for you guys. But I, I that's what I said when I came away from this movie is what really – made it and and saved it for me is their relationship and their bond throughout this one and just thinking about it even the little bits that we got in the last jedi and then how it formed initially in the force awakens well and here's what i'll say is that yeah i mean it's pretty evident that he's force sensitive they definitely it pops up quite a few times with finn and you can you can see that it's happening with him i think the problem is is that with the pace that the film's going with all the other mess that's happening around him that message completely gets lost in the film and and that's unfortunate because it's cool but it just gets thrown to the side which leads me to a whole nother rant about the whole people being force sensitive and there being more people that are force sensitive and why aren't they becoming more forefront in this film they kind of just get shoved off to the side after the last jedi and that really bums me out but i'll I'll talk about something that makes me happy and then I'll talk about something that kind of bums me out because it's something that Yasha touched on that I think bums him out a little bit. So I, I do like the additional character that they add that was Carrie Russell's, which is Zori Bliss. It, what little screen time we got from her, I actually really enjoyed her character. I think she's really, really quick-witted. I think she's really, you can tell she's a pretty kick-ass chick and she's, 
she she seems really interesting. She seems really deep. She seems like she has a really great backstory, and she seems like she's a, a leader and also a pusher to make other people lead as well. And I think that's really awesome. So it, I almost wish I could have more information about Zori Bliss down the road, possibly. That would be great, in my opinion. But here's the other thing that I, I think Yash is going to jump in on here is JJ's, you know, panhandling to an older fan base. And the constant shove of nostalgia in your face throughout this whole film kind of gets on my nerves. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there, there's a long list of it, but I think you know I, I think some of the a main one, and this is absolutely to no fault of Billy D. Williams in any way, shape, or form. But I think Lando in this film is not a necessity, and I think it's just kind of a fanfare thing, and it just kind of. I don't know. It's not the worst thing that happened in this film by any means, but it's not the best thing that happens in this film. Oh, it's definitely forced. Um, it's just legitimately there for nostalgic reasons, in my my opinion. Like I was yeah. hoping that Lando was going to definitely have a bigger role and a more prominent, um, more prominent screen time, and just like even the whole question of like. Where's Han? Like, hey, Chewie, where's Han? Like, even like a moment there would have been great, but they just hugged and they were so excited to see each other, and that was that. Um, but he does. He just forces the nostalgia down your throat, and it, I mean, it it worked on me because it did hit me in the, in the feels when I was watching it, especially when Chewie finally got his medal. Like, that was, that was huge for me, and I was just like, oh, that's cool, you know? But... Aside from that, I mean, it's just, you know, what was he really doing there? And you're right. Carrie Russell's character was awesome. Like, how come she didn't get more screen time? You know, we just have this whole banter and back and forth and her, excuse me, connection to Poe. And then that's it. She maybe had, what, 10, 15 minutes of screen time at the most? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I feel like she could have warranted so much more because she seemed like they they seemed like they had a very complicated relationship and i i wanted to see more of her i definitely wanted to see more of her character yes so david what are your spoiler thoughts here Uh, i mean a few times you mentioned carrie russell's character i mean i agree it's it's like a cool you're interested introducing this cool new character and we don't get much of it and at the same time, it's funny, you know, you, you introduce her and she almost seems ready to kill him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then in no time at all, she's like, hey, yeah. you want to stay here? <laughs> like, yeah, like, that, let's, that's let's, kind of my yeah. thing. It's with like, it. OK, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe uh, she sees. Do they hate each other? Sees, do they love each other? Or what well, I think in, in the little bit of time that she's there with with him <laughs> and the group that he's there with, she sees how he's developed into a better person, and she goes, "Wow, holy crap! There's more depth to him here now." Yeah, he's not as shallow as he used to be. Maybe. But that goes back to what you were saying, Michelle. It's like I don't know that they did enough of the legwork for you to actually feel that it just happens so fast that you just kind of have to roll with it and accept it. Oh, well, I guess now she doesn't, I mean, she went from wanting to have his brains in the snow to, to really right. asking him to go and settle on a new planet with her. And it, and it happens within minutes within the movie, it really feels like. So yeah, it's kind of like a lot of times you, you have to kind of um, 
just go with the what he's trying to to lay out because it's not specifically earned in a lot of different ways with a lot of different things. You know, a, a, a lot of people who loved The Last Jedi, um, they have problems with this one in saying, well, J.J. is retconning things that Ryan Johnson did, which to my argument to that would be, well, <laughs> you didn't seem to have a problem when, when Ryan seemed to be retconning things that J.J. put forward, but so be it. Um, I think it's just interesting that within the things that JJ did, I will say there, there definitely do seem to be some things where it could, it, it may not be necessarily an either or thing. It could be a both thing where he's retconning, but he's also kind of doing it something that he wanted in a different direction than what Ryan was doing. But there's definitely some things to me that just seem retcon for retcon sake, which in I, I think those things are, are more head scratchers because it's like, well, w- I would have accepted uh, Kylo Ren putting his mask back together if it was for some specific reason, but he just seems to do it just to do it. And then, and it's then he gone doesn't again. even wear it. Yeah, it's gone again. <laughs> yeah, they wore it for again. one so scene. It was yeah. like, well, what, why? 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 And then, right. And then, I mean, just what was the reason to bring the Knights of Ren back if exactly. they weren't oh, really going to yeah. do anything? So it's like some things it feels like you just did it because you wanted it. And and then other things it seems like, well, you you did it and it seems like a retcon. For me, one of those things where it could see to be both, where it's retconning and maybe, you know, kind of uh, turning it from what Ryan Johnson did, but also still kind of respecting what he did is with Luke Skywalker is because when Luke comes and, you know, Ray throws this, the lightsaber and he catches it and he's like, you know, that <laughs> how, you know, that's the weapon of a Jedi. You can't just treat it with such disrespect, you know? And that, that to me is obviously like, well, in the, the last Jedi, when Ray hands uh, Luke the, the the lightsaber and he tosses it over his shoulder, it was for a lot of people a slap in the face. And so, for this one to then for have him say, you know, it, it needs to be treated with more respect. To me, that seems like that might be a little bit of a, a slide at, at you know what Ryan did. Yeah. But at the same time, I like when he also says when Ray says that. You know, I think she was like, oh, I maybe I'll just stay on the planet and do like you did. And he's like, no, that, I was wrong. And I could see where maybe some people might think that that's also throwing it at Ryan. But it's not. It actually furthers what Ryan did because Ryan mm. at least showed that he Luke did realize he was wrong at the end of right. uh, The Last Jedi by then going over to the, the planet of the crate and being there to help, you know, them stand against the first order. So I think that is showing progression of what Ryan did. And same with some of those force powers, like the, 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 I think when they're talking to each other and seeing each other and, and being sort of like able to interact with each other in that weird sort of way, he kind of took that and, and added another layer to it with being able to like, I guess, grab and 
take things or, or you know, how they did, did in the movie. Like, he, she, he took her necklace thing, essentially. Right. right. And so doing that. And, and it pays off later with the lightsaber. Right. I, I think it's just, it's been an interesting thing to watch, you know, what J.J. was able to grow on and then to see where J.J. just got completely lost. And, like, here's something interesting. It's, it's the character for me, and this is a character I actually really don't give two craps about, <laughs> but... The, the character Rose Tico, played by Kelly Marie Tran, you know. Oh, my God. Speak on it. <laughs> so, you know. There's so many things I could care about less before I would start caring about anything that she does. I, I, I agree with you, but here here my thought process on this. Like, Ryan Johnson, you know, creates this character and gives her, you know, she's, she's on the screen a lot in Last Jedi. And she has meaning to the plot and yada, 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 yada. Then we get her in this film. JJ just doesn't know what the hell to do with her. Like, it's very clear. He has no idea what the hell to do with this character because she's the little bit she's on. She's basically any personality that she had had in the last film is completely gone. Like, she's just void. She's just kind of taking up space. And I just, I actually kind of felt bad for her. Like, looking back on watching the film, I'm like, wow, I actually kind of feel bad because. She kind of, you know, had purpose and she was really spunky. And now she's just kind of there <laughs> i mean yeah in, in last jedi you know say what you will about her in that movie i mean she is placed as a pretty major character in the film right. she seems is. on the trajectory of you are have an important role in this especially group. in the very last scenes and and then in this film yeah it's, she's basically there because it's like she's expected to be she's like expected he, to be he, it's obvious he doesn't seem like around. he even wants her in this movie and well, exactly. we'll just put you among the other resistance fighters back on the base and <laughs> yeah. you're just there and he totally did that yeah and then like but then he'll you know, create a even, character even if it's a terrible idea to have a a relationship apparently between her and finn that's that is how less jedi ends it ends with the idea that hey we're we seem to be headed toward a relationship between these two and for this film to not even somewhat acknowledge it and i know bobby you've mentioned you know you mentioned to me off air that i guess it's acknowledged in that book that takes place between these two movies but that's yeah. not enough i mean it no. you know obviously these movies need to stand on their own and and in that film it ends with hey something seems to be brewing here with a relationship between these two they kiss and then in this film there's not even a mention of oh well you know it's like it didn't work out or or nothing it's just it's just ignored <laughs> right <laughs> well, i wonder how they would have done call, it too. don't make it weird right exactly because because that the book is canon and we're supposed to consider all these things tied together he has that conversation with poe and i'm curious who he would have been able to say that to for an audience who isn't aware of what happened in a book so it's kind of like can you you can't you can't say the books are canon but then not do something that where the general audience that doesn't read these books doesn't know is happening and yet you can't try and 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 do both so it's like it's almost like you got to choose one or the other because yeah obviously for anyone else watching it they're completely lost because they just know they saw them kiss in the last movie. And then there's no kind of conversation or acknowledgement of why they're not together now at all. And so it, it, you would think they would have acknowledged what they did in the book and maybe had him had that conversation 
in, in a way, maybe with her at some point, uh, just in a in a quick moment, right. because I get you can't have it again with Poe because you're you're trying to say your book is canon. You probably wouldn't say it with Ray because she probably already knows as well. But there could have been some acknowledgement maybe between the two of them and, and maybe done it in that way. Something even if there's some interaction that's like uncomfortable, some something to at least acknowledge like, yes, there was supposed to be something, but it's that's not it's obviously right. you can see that there's some not chemistry going on between the two where okay, right. it's just not right. Like she kissed him, but he's still like, No, I'm not really into you or something. Like it was just, it was weird. I mean, on that level, anything, but just as a whole, you can tell JJ just doesn't know what to do with her character at this, in this scene, in this film. Like mm-hmm. she's just this filler of space. And, and, and I honestly just kind of felt bad. I was like, this is horrible. She had such a well, thing in the last one. And now she's just, and it's not even, sigh. I don't, not only that she had a thing and now she doesn't, it's like, not only was she a big part of Last Jedi, but then she was so attacked for being in that movie by certain terrible aspects of the fandom, you know. And after right. that, for her to go through that, she took herself off social media for a while. And it I was, have nothing against the actress at all. I, I know. I'm just I'm saying for her to have to go through that, and then now in this movie, she then has nothing to do. It's just like that's the worst. I, it makes me really go, man. I really I wish you the best with your career. This poor I hope actress. you go well beyond this. <laughs> This terrible, basically terrible Star Wars experience that you've had. Poor Kelly Tran. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd for... be so excited to be in the film. Like I remember watching and you know, reading an article that she didn't even tell her family that she got the job. She was so excited, so excited. It was such a big moment. And then, like you said, David, just to like have this huge backlash from so many people and so many fandoms is just like that's unnecessary. Like Jesus, like why are you trying to make her like want to? stop her whole career path and reevaluate her entire life. Like that's not cool. So, right. but yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be clear. Like my issues are not with the actress. Know, it's just oh, like the character. I thought the character. Oh, was kind no, of not even a little bit, but it, it's yeah. just funny to see a character that was so mean to just go into this film. And again, this is where it's like, I really do kind of wish it's, it's weird. Little things like this. It makes me go, wish we had another director wouldn't know what to do with her. Like it's just, it's little things that it just makes me go, Oh, there's so many missed opportunities in this film. And there's, there's missed opportunities and there's questions that go unanswered, which isn't shocking with JJ. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff. There's just too much stuff happening in here. There is. And I, I still feel as much as I'm not happy with what JJ did in the end. I also don't, I'm not saying I don't blame him at all, but I mostly don't blame him here. It's, I really I he, just, I blame Disney, Lucasfilm, I really Kathleen do. Kennedy. I think he did the best I, with what he had. I mean, to again the way last jedi ended to then after that film be told okay you're gonna make the next film and this needs to wrap it all up after that that's a lot i I do think it could have been done in a better way than this but that's still that's a hard task like it's 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 an crazy it's a crazy hard task it's almost an insurmountable job to do in one film in one film that's supposed to be under a certain time frame like jesus criminy like it was just it's just too much but there's there's things that i did like that jj did as far as his directing goes there's a lot of shots and visuals i think are great i think the best one honestly is when ray's on her back at the very end and she's looking up at the sky and she's seeing it it's the classic jj looking at the sky shot and he does it really well it's awesome he's really good at that shot i don't know what it is but he pulls on your emotions and and the great part that goes with that shot is just ray coming to the realization that she's 
now the embodiment of all the Jedi and just to hear all the Jedi voiceovers coming at you. I mean, you're getting, you're getting everybody. You're getting Annika, Anakin, you're getting Obi-Wan, you're getting Yoda, you're getting Qui-Gon Jinn, you're getting, um, Mace Windu, you're getting voices from the TV show that I don't really know. I know of, um, what's her name? Ashoka. I can never say it right. Ahsoka. 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 And then there's, there's other Jedi that I don't know about that I'm not aware of and and their voices and, but people know them from the shows. Right. And, and it's this great moment where she's pulling all together and she gets up. It's, it's awesome. And, and I applaud him for that because I thought for me, that was a great moment in this film which there weren't many but that for me was one yeah i would agree with that you know it's funny one of the other things that uh you know anyone who complains about jj retconning any of the things that ryan johnson did i i would say that uh don't be too mad because jj retcons things that he himself did Holy. and within this own movie <laughs> i mean within minutes like at one point he kills Chewbacca, but then he, you know, makes sure that he's not dead. And then he wipes C-3PO's memory, but then he gives it back. And then he kills Kylo Ren, but then he makes him alive again. And then right. he kills Rey, and then she's back again. So he does, he, he didn't just do it to, you know, Ryan. To somebody else's his work, own movie. his own work. Yeah, yeah, he did it to his own work in, the, in his own movie, you know, the same movie, not even over time. But I, I think one of the things that, like you said, David, with all the amount of things that he had to do, the the things that I feel like he really did right, and what, for me, a lot of people who who have the argument maybe to say with The Mandalorian and the different things that they have come into the streaming service, one of the things that I was thinking when I when I watched this movie the first time was my God, how beautiful this thing looks. Like, it looks like Star Wars in no other way that, as much as I love The Mandalorian, um, sometimes I can see the budget in it and in terms of how authentic things look. And in this movie, I felt like I was definitely in a Star Wars movie in that universe. The the planet locations and just the the, the look of those planets, the creatures of the planets... The fact that they weren't speaking English like as regular English. If they did, they had an accent, but most of the aliens spoke an alien language, and but someone else can translate. Um, just everything about it, it was all Star Wars. The the battles, the you know, that you get at the end of a movie, typically in a Star Wars movie when they're in in space battles. I mean, just all that, the 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 lightsaber fighting. Those are all the things that I, I've always loved as a kid. And I got all those things in this movie. And when I had my son, I think he was sitting there watching it in the same sort of way. You know, there's a lot of things as an adult we can question because we're seeing it and thinking logically. And like, well, what the heck is the emperor there for? There, There's no real reason. And if you are there... Why are you monologuing and telling the person your plan? Like, why would she kill you if you know if she knows that if she kills you, you're just going to take inhabit her body? Like, why would you tell her that? Right. But uh, you know, like as a kid, they're not sitting there thinking as logically. They're just seeing the spectacle, 
And I think that's what still is good about Star Wars in the theater is that there's a lot of spectacle and a lot of things that they do and know to hit on to make you just enjoy it, even if there's a lot of problems with it. And I saw a lot of people in my theater uh, enjoying it on that level and clapping at the end of the movie because they just, I guess, enjoyed the ride of it, even though maybe a lot of them, like myself, had logic problems with it because there's a ton. And But just that overall feeling of what Star Wars does well, I think still was able to penetrate and get through to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, and for anyone who enjoyed it, and I, I'm, I don't begrudge anybody for liking it. I guess it's one of those movies. Like I, I, I applaud anyone who enjoyed the ride. I just, I did not. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of other little things I bump on throughout the film and I can bring up some of that stuff, but so what do you guys think then about the ending and Ray taking on the Skywalker name? Uh, I was just going to say, I already said that I like it. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I, I already said that I like it. I think it's a good fit. I think it's earned. And I mean, I, I've heard a few arguments like why people don't like it, but I'll, I mean... In, in bare bone basics, at the end of the day, part of me is kind of like, what are you supposed to do? Continue walking around going, I'm a Palpatine. Like, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> but overall, it's an earned name, and I'm glad she has it now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with the ending. I don't really know what else to say beyond that. I It makes sense. She's kind of choosing her own path. She's taking their name, and it's a, a good way of representing that she's choosing not to be someone just because that's her bloodline or whatever it is, you know, like uh, it's kind of cool. I, I, I like the way the, the very end of the film works on Tatooine. I don't really have any problems with it. It kind of comes full circle. Like we talked about the whole nostalgia thing for sure. Yeah. And I think that's where I sort of, um, half of this, half of the other on it is because it does play into nostalgia and and it, and it's specifically doing that for that purpose as a i mean as and, and on one sense david you're right it's like well you know what else would she do and, and michelle even said like she's not going to take palpatine's name but it it plays it in such a way i think maybe the execution of it is still kind of what i maybe have a little issue with more so than her taking the name like um, the force ghosts of Luke and Leia. And I like, like seeing that, but it, it just felt like it, 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 the, the lady asker, it just was a, such a setup. It's like the lady asker, who are you or whatever? And she says, Ray. And, and then like Ray, who, and then that Ray who is in that beat for how long it goes on. And then the, you know, they show up and then she's like Skywalker. It was like, I, I just wish it would have been a little bit cleaner for me. It just felt a little um, clunky, I guess, in the in the execution of it. I'm not I'm not necessarily mad that she took up the Skywalker name. It's just kind of how it was executed a little bit. Uh, I mean, only other way that could have went it would be if she decided to take her mom's maiden name, but she doesn't even know that. So you know, it it could only be that she would say Skywalker. But yeah, it was just sort of the. The execution of it. I'm, I, I do like that she is holding up the name, but 
yeah, it's just, I guess it was a little weird, I guess, in hmm. the way that it happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will not say in of, a bad way. of the many, many, yeah. many, many, many things I bumped on in this movie, that's not, that wasn't one for me, I guess. But hey, yeah. I, I guess like you're saying like the, the woman even having to ask her like, well, what's your, basically, what's your last name? Yeah, well, yeah that's yeah. kind of Well, I mean, I think you're looking, I mean, I don't want to get too crazy. I think you're looking yeah. at... It's it's a small area, Tatooine. People know each other because everybody's dispersed. It's small little, you know, that section. They're a small village, and this is kind of a house that's been abandoned for how long? And so this woman probably has to walk by it to get to town, to trade or whatever. And she's been going by it for years and years and years. And this random chick is standing there at the old Skywalker house. Holy shit, you know, like. So hey, what's uh, nobody's been here? What are you doing here? What's what's your name? Mm. Like. It's one of those things, like, I don't know what it is. You know, when you're in a big city, I don't tell people my name. But when you're in a small town, you tell people your full name. I don't know what it is. It's because everybody knows each other. Like, and, and if you don't say your last name, they go, well, what's your last name? Like, it's a thing that you do in a small town. I don't know why, but just kind of is because everybody knows who each other is. And especially when you know property belonging to somebody else or a family. Like, She's on the Skywalker property. She's like, well, who who the hell are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I, I, I get, for me, it plays well because I understand that mentality. Right. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I was going to bring up, I, you touched on it earlier with some of the Jedi powers that are like introduced in this movie. I mean, I think it's always cool to like... Hey, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it, it never needs to expand like, oh, you know... We the Jedi powers that we saw in the original trilogy, original trilogy, that should be it. I'm not saying that, but at the same time, I I guess the whole like transferring of objects kind of took it a step too far for me. Like, like uh. that, uh, you know, the the Force Skype as some people call it, or the Force <laughs> FaceTime that, <laughs> that was introduced in Last Jedi. Fine, like I, I, I don't have a problem with that. But how it was even expanded in this, expanded in this film, like in one way, it was kind of cool that they were like basically fighting each other via that. And I'm even okay with that. I think it was like the the moment that he takes the necklace and uses that to determine where she is. And I'm like, okay, like the objects could fall that into I'm, that scene, and, and they would come into focus, and yet. Well, like no, with the helmet. I mean, she's there. You're taking an object from one place and just transporting it Star Trek style right. somewhere else. Almost like uh, that is like the step where I'm like, I mean, I guess who's to say where's the line with the, the ability of the force. But I'm like, I don't know, like that, that there's something about that that bugged me. The moment it happened with the necklace, I'm, I was like, whoa, and that I don't know about this. And yes, it pays off at the end with the lightsaber. Gonna, it's a cool moment at the end of the lights with the lightsaber, but at the same time, it's I'm, it's I'm, it's kind of like the and also an extra step toward like well then how in, if there's future Star Wars films past this in the timeline. Like, how will that continue to be used? It's like it's like the box that's been opened with the light speed tracking, which it's one thing that, OK, cool. It was used as a device in Last Jedi, but now it's there and it's it's immediately evident in this film. Like it's the these, first thing JJ addresses, he's, basically he's doing this whole light speed speed skipping thing. Right. And I'm like, and even that I, w- I was as an audience member going, what is happening? <laughs> and oh. I and I still don't even understand quite 
even though I get that it has something to do with that, I felt like it was more there just because it looked cool than anything. I felt I still don't find a logical purpose beyond really what he was doing. Um, I, I, I two things real quick. One is is I'm with you. It bumped me when he pulled the necklace off of her neck too, and it, I, I kind of went, "Ooh, I don't know if I like that," and it kind of bothered me. And then in the next scene, they're fighting each other, and that seemed okay with me. And then, like, his helmet falls, and for some reason, that comes into focus, and then he could see that. That kind of weirded me out. But then the fact that it pays off at the end with him pulling the lightsaber, I kind of became okay with it. And the only excuse I have with this is, one, the forces continuously were gaining, but also... You're talking about two characters that I think have the most are the most force sensitive characters we have ever seen in the history of the entire thing. Like these two characters are extremely strong and they're extremely strong together, obviously, because at the end, even in Palpatine, he's like, oh, these are the two matching like force souls or whatever. Right. That's a dyad. Thank you. So for me, I I buy into this happening mostly Mm -hmm. because of that, because for me, these are two of the absolutely most powerful force people we've ever, ever, ever encountered. So they're going to be able to do more than anybody ever maybe has or will do moving forward. And I'm cool with it. And then the, the, the light speed jumping, I think, I think it's there for two reasons. One, it's to automatically piggyback on what Ryan Johnson had set up and, and to kind of, to kind of say, yep, we're still, we still understand that they could still trace it. But the reason I understood it in that scene was just mostly we're light speed jumping, knowing they're following us and we're hoping we could light speed jump enough to get to a point like they did where the other ship winds up screwed when they finally Mm. get to where they're going. Like he knew that at some point he'll get to a spot that the ship behind him is going to get hosed into basically smashing into something like he's, he's hoping that's what's going to happen. I picked up on that pretty quick. I was like, okay, he's trying to get just enough of an edge knowing that they're chasing him through this light speed thing. And I, I liked it. I was actually cool with it, surprisingly. Of all the things in this movie, I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty okay with this. This is fine. Yeah, I was just going to actually say pretty much what Michelle said about both things. I, I think that that was my read on it as well, uh, as far as uh, the reason for the light skipping, light speed ju- jumping, and then also with the um, the the ability to move the objects is because of their shared nature or something i mean that's the only way i could could read it because otherwise yeah Yeah. i don't really know why they can do that or anyone else hasn't done it i guess i don't don't know i'm just not a fan but that i mean there's little things in this movie like i have to say that that stupid dagger i oh the dagger was dumb like the the idea that oh i'm gonna if you just happen to be standing at this specific (laughs) fucking spot and you hold up this dagger just the right way. And this is going to like that was if there was an Stupid. eye roll moment of the entire film. And when that happened, I'm like, you have got to be fucking oh, shitting dagger. me. Like just. this, this is like really the logic. You really, you really wrote this and thought this was a good idea. <laughs> like, it was the ultimate. 
like, wow, this film has totally lost it. It like, was like the most like, well, this was made for TV moment in the whole thing. Like it was just yeah. like, JJ, we know you come from TV, sweetheart, but we don't put those things in movies. Like, yeah, you have yeah, to. It suspend. reminded me of the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. When he lines up the coin. Oh my god, <laughs> stupid. But the whole dagger as a whole, I think, is stupid. But especially that part, like it's the whole dagger. Just put that dagger in a box and throw it into a fucking ocean depths i just stupid 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 yeah that just bothered me there's that new astromech droid that totally pointless i mean it's cute and yeah it's kind of whatever do do it's but it's yes there's obviously going to be stuff that's done in these films that's basically like you know trying to sell merchandise but it's like that's just like a perfect ultimate example of like it really is the only that droid serves almost no purpose in the film except for what toward the end I think he He has he has the coordinates to get to where they're going in his brain and that is the only payoff you have he's adorable little JJ voicing him is cute he is there for a purpose, David. I mean, he's there to sell more toys. I Don't, mean, come on. That's now. what I'm saying. That's the only purpose <laughs> it's there for. It's just really sad. He has the coordinates to get to... Uh, whatever. Other yeah. than that, I agree. Yeah. He really serves no purpose. <laughs> no, I'm not... You. I'm with you. Yeah. I love this little comment. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it is no. kind of cute. No, thank you. It is. No, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, he was there just basically I'm for a- like, hey... All those people that build these droids build this one. Like you know, it's like there's just that. And he's pretty simplistic. It was, it, yeah. Yeah. You, so, you know, the thing is, um, I, I think one of the cool little things that was there, you only get it towards the end, and it had been something speculated about for a, a while now, and that was when Ray reveals her lightsaber and that she made it from her staff. And I remember so many people speculating that they, she would eventually use that staff and make it into a lightsaber. So it was kind of cool that they paid that off and was able to have that. And that that it's a new color to my... I mean, I don't think I've seen a yellow lightsaber in any of the movies. And as far as I know, none of the animated series have had a yellow lightsaber. No, not that I can recall, but... I mean, yeah, as soon yeah. as I as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a new color," which is fitting considering the moment, and mm-hmm. you know. Now she's in the animated in the animated series. There's a, a yellow lightsaber. Oh, I can't okay. remember which one it was, but I I went ahead and watched the video like <laughs> ten questions that we are left with after watching Star Wars Episode Nine, and, and they they address it, and it's from one of the animated series that there's a group of people that. Use the light, yellow lightsaber. Mm. Okay. It's hilarious. I just read something, and now that I've read this, I'm like, huh, that annoys me too. And I didn't think about it at the time, and this is so nitpicky. Okay. Okay, so here, here it is. Um, do, 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 do. On Kef Beer, the Millennium Falcon is landed by sideways ramming it into a hull, leaving a trail of destruction in its wake due to the landing gear being defective. The Falcon, however, has always had vertical takeoff and landing capabilities. So why such a harsh and unnecessary landing? Vertical takeoff and vertical it's landing. It's always been able to just go. Mm. Interesting. Right. And out. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Up and down. It can just use it. should be look. noted you're giving me the visual hand. I'm giving you the visual <laughs> hand vertically going up and down. <laughs> the plane can just... Wait, you're talking about the, the Falcon? Yeah. And when you're saying why didn't it... Why didn't it just, even without landing gear, just, just come to a down. nice slow yeah. land instead of, oh, we don't have landing gear. We're going to like... But it had like this whole trail of right. like smash, slide. Well, yeah, I mean... Kind of like in Star Trek. <laughs> That's the thing. I think Michelle is like, if we pick at that, I know we'll get into the weeds because oh, I saw I somebody who mentioned on online, I think it was John Campia, and he talked about that ship that was on the planet that they want to get that where um, Dio uh, was that, at. Or maybe this it? is what I was about to get into uh, next. Okay, okay. About how it could possibly still be there unscavenged for decades. But yeah. See, to me, like, uh, you're, I guess, and you're pointing it out like you were getting nitpicky, but I, I definitely bumped on that one watching the movie. Like, it was one thing when they're like, hey, there's, there's going to be this ship over in this place and you got to go and, and then fine. And I'm expecting to see this ship that's like wreckage or something. It's kind of right. falling apart and it's you almost have to find it. It's kind of like hidden under some rocks. No, no they like go out and it's in the middle of a fucking valley <laughs> just sitting there Christine. on top of some rocks. A like, little, little bit of sand, a little bit of dust. Just ready to be powered up. A couple and, of cobwebs. <laughs> David, you really hated this movie. Like, this is like so aggressive right now. <laughs> No, just, no, this is a big like bump, guys. So this is a big that. one. This just stuff like that that Too drives convenient. me nuts. It's Too convenient. Yes, for as many good things as you could point to in this movie, when it's one thing to suspend disbelief. And obviously you have to do that in these kind of movies. But there's also things that just anybody would, I feel like, think about these things. Like, oh, isn't it so convenient that she happened to be standing in the perfect moment as for the perfect spot on this planet to hold this dagger up? Like, the whole planet where the whole Death Star comes into. And she's right on the cliff. She could have been standing anywhere. On the opposite side. <laughs> it's stuff like that that just like, no, like I, I can only suspend disbelief to a point and then I have to go, <laughs> nope, I'm sorry. That's in, that's insane. And yeah, there's, that's the dagger's worse. The ship thing, I mean, I guess in a way, fine. But still, I'm watching it going, come on, really? Like, this thing's just sitting out there in the open. Just, just it's been there for years and years there, and years, right? Or just something? Resting. Like, it's fine. It, Nobody's and then they, ever and then touched they it. happen to go down into this, like, tunnel cave where they just happen across this dagger. <laughs> Miles and miles of caves. It's not like if the movie had been set up in a way where, fine, we are hunting a, a MacGuffin. We're hunting an object, and this is what we are looking for. We got to get this thing, like like the Wayfinder was. That, right. Know? Perfect MacGuffin right but there. But the dagger was like just to happen. Oh, wait, hey, just happen to come across this object. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know I get on a rant about certain things. I didn't hate, hate this movie, but. And there's some, I think there's legitimate, like, what the what? And then there's like little pilly things. Like I'm pointing out the Millennium Falcon. I agree. I, I know fully fact that what I was just mean, mentioning, I'm like, it's a stupid little thing to be annoyed by. But I read it and I was like, actually, that's kind of annoying. But there are legitimate things I think that are very frustrating. Like seeing this pristine ship, like you're saying, is just. It's fine. Life is beautiful. It's been here for 15 years. Nothing's happened to it. Life is great. Like, yeah, I think, spit. I think uh, Bobby, you know, you mentioned Campia. Yeah, I know it was at least on Twitter. Campia 
had the tweet of like the logic of the rise of Skywalker is, is, and this would be somewhat of a spoiler, but early in the Mandalorian, he leaves a ship somewhere for, a, you know, a few minutes to a few hours and it's being bar- ransacked. Barely two hours. <laughs> it's yeah. being ransacked by <laughs> Jawas. And in this film, this ship has been sitting there forever and it's ready to be powered years. up. And yeah, it's fine. Everything's great. It's great. It's beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> well, I love that we're ruining this film for, for Yasha. <laughs> We've just, we, we not only have like thrown it on the ground and like kicked it in the gut and made it roll over but now we're just stabbing it and kicking it and stabbing it and kicking it and stabbing it and kicking it and yeah she's just watching from the sidelines going oh god I kind of liked it but now I don't <laughs> we're the you know, worst it's funny uh, is for one thing and, and yeah we're all kind of taking shots here and there and, and like I said I at the end of the day I enjoyed it and I like it and it'll probably stay there because even after watching it a third time it's weird it's like all the goodwill I had in that second showing kind of leveled back down to like me looking at it again logically <laughs> again because like maybe I wasn't with my son or with a, a whole bunch of other people that were super into it oh for your but, third showing yeah for the third showing right but even still, even with that, I, I was I, I still liked what I liked. And, and I think that was enough to carry it through for me, it, even though with all the problems, like there's literally nothing you guys have said that I, I disagree with in terms of the things that you've had problems with. But for whatever reason, I still came out on the other side um, enjoying it and more more so than anything in a weird sort of way, very happy that it's all finally over. And that not in a negative way, but in a way that says, I'm ready to move forward in what Star Wars can be. And whether that means literally moving forward into further years into the future or moving forward, meaning like seeing something way in the past that we haven't seen before. uh, I want to be out of the section of time from episode one to episode nine because so many different spinoffs of tv shows comics tv series animated series whatever has taken place in between one and nine and i want to see something that has no connection to that at all and uh, just yeah. start fresh clean I, slate I, absolutely I, I, I could not agree more yeah. as much as i love some of this you know a lot of these films i love star wars and i love some of the stuff that's decided to jump back in like rogue one you know i love that movie and it 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 stuck itself between this film and that film and mandalorian i'm enjoying overall and but i i i completely agree i'm ready to move past this and not even in the past like in the future i like as much as i would love to see a knights of the old republic you know era film or tv show like I would love to see stuff beyond, beyond these movies to just really be on completely fresh ground and just do something completely new. I'm I'm glad the Star Wars or the 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 Skywalker saga has come to a conclusion. Like it's this Skywalker span that we've seen is done and I'm I'm good. I'm ready for some new things. Yeah. I'm at peace. Right. And one last thing I'll say about JJ in that he gets unfairly criticized where Ryan Johnson gets propped up as far as, you know, every time someone speaks about The Last Jedi, 
and what they like about it. They they always praise Ryan Johnson for doing something daring and bold. And, you know, it, it's it's like, yeah, like you said, David, he did some interesting things within that movie, inside that movie. But I think J.J. did some, not maybe necessarily in this movie, but in The Force Awakens, he did some pretty interesting things as well. I mean, not only did he give us our first female and protagonist as a lead with force powers and everything, but he made Han into a divorce kind of deadbeat dad. And then he killed him off. I mean, he did some, he, he made right. some big swings and did some bold things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he didn't have Luke in the entire movie until the very end. And mm-hmm. I mean, who would think to do that? So I think that he doesn't get enough credit for doing some big bold swings as well. Whereas Ryan sort of gets um, all the props in that arena. But yeah, this movie, I think he had to do essentially what he did in the first one, which was the 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 the, the marching orders for uh, JJ in that first movie was to bring the fandom back because of what we had in those prequels and try and make something that everyone could get behind. And I think he succeeded in that and for the, for the most part. Uh, a lot of people were excited about Star Wars again. And then for this last movie, because of the division with The Last Jedi, he was tasked once again to try and bring the fandom back. And I don't know specifically where it will land ultimately, but right now it seems like while maybe critically the they're not enjoying it, it seems like the overall audience is. And so even if we don't all together necessarily have the greatest opinion of this movie. I think if at least the overall fandom is happy with it, then that makes me happy because that means that we are still not as divided as we were, but maybe going forward, we can still be riding that train in terms of what everyone else is feeling for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I was in, in my theater they, I'm sorry, David. Um, I just wanted to echo that. Like, people clapped. Like, there was applause at the end of my my showing, and that was at nine o'clock this morning. So I think the fans were happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our opening night audience on Thursday night there was clapping, but at the same time, we, you know, Michelle, I think you overheard more. We overheard people talking on the way out, and it was definitely also. Not positive. It wasn't like, hate or anything, but well, it was. Most not... the one guy said, "Like this is uh, this this is the millennial this is the millennial Star Wars, Wars. <laughs> like, basically Star um, Wars for millennials." Yeah, I mean stuff like that. You know, I feel like it was kind of mixed. It wasn't an overwhelming like huge applause. It was. I think it missed its mark yeah. in the end, and I think Especially that's really an how open, people for feel for an opening night audience, which is you know every we were. Oh, in everybody was. Oh God. Dolby Cinema, six p.m. on Thursday. Like people were decked out with their Star Wars shirts and their Star Wars pants and their Star Wars blankets and their Star. I mean, everybody was. These are fan fans. These are these are tried and true, honest to God fans of Star Wars, and and you and, look at the box office numbers too. I mean, yes, it made a lot of money. I mean, well, yeah. But if, you know, it, it's not quite as much as many people were predicting. And you look at uh, what I guess this is the first of these Disney films where it earned 50 percent of its box office on Friday. Um, Jesus. Anyway, 
It, it, it seems to be pointing, is there a word of mouth problem with it where, yeah, a lot of people saw it on Friday, but as the weekend progressed, it didn't make as much money maybe as, as it had Right, hoped. right. I think that right. I think that definitely happened. Out of curiosity, did we even do predictions this week on the box office? I, I didn't. No. No. Because <laughs> we all just think it's silly to do box office predictions when a Star Wars film comes well, out. We just, I think we just dropped the ball there. It's Christmas. Well, yeah. But this was the, supposed to be, I think, the last week. Ah, uh, yeah. So. But, and I wanted to say real quick what you were saying about, like, Ryan Johnson and Last Jedi. I completely agree. As someone who's middle of the road on Last Jedi, one thing I find extremely frustrating from those who love Last Jedi and constantly defend that film, like, is that thought like, oh, if you don't like it, you just don't like the fact that he did something new and you just want the same old Star Wars. And <laughs> and I just I cannot stand that argument because <laughs> it, it's just because I there are things about Last Jedi I didn't like. It's not because, oh, I don't want there to be new things in this universe. That's not it at all. There's things about that movie I don't think are very good. Again, the Canto Bite part of that film is really bad. I really <laughs> Don't, don't enjoy it it's and there's yeah, nothing and there's nothing new and exciting about that inclusion that part of the storyline with with finn and rose going off to find the the code breaker like it's just it, or benicio del toro's character and in that. That. he's just got awful he is he's got awful and yeah and yeah. they seem to always conveniently forget to mention Canto bite when they're recanting how great you know that know. movie is. I don't know it's how a, people it, forget it how horrific that whole section is. And you know, I and talk, it's a decent portion. It <laughs> is, and I talked about this on Spoiler Effect. You know, I just finished watching Last Jedi the other day, and indeed, I the more I watched that last part of the film on crate, I really love that part of the movie, and I have no problems with the way that film treated Luke. Like, I, I think that's the other assumption is that, oh, if you didn't like it, it's because you hate how Luke was portrayed in the film. No, I, I really don't have any issues with the way Luke was portrayed other than maybe that moment right at the beginning of the film with the lightsaber. Yes, I, I don't like that. <laughs> to have a moment at the end of Force Awakens where it's such a moment of Rey holding out this lightsaber to Luke and, and this look he gives her to end on that note and then to start the next film with him just tossing it does feel like kind of what the fuck. But anyway, sorry, I'll go. I could go on and on and on. But yeah, I just I always hate that that response and argument from people who want to defend Last Jedi's. Yeah. Anyway, that's your biggest one, and I'd say that one's pretty close for me. But I think my biggest thing that I bump on that everyone seems to loud about the Last Jedi is the way they treated Ray. And saying, you know, she she wasn't from anyone and it just shows that anyone can be, you know, have these abilities and be able to be this type of person. And and I'm like, I don't understand that argument only because I feel like everyone every time they say that you're discounting the fact that we don't know who Yoda's parents were. We don't know who Qui-Gon Jinn's parents were. We don't know who mm-hmm. will be. They they seem like they came from no one as well and they became who they are mm. so it's not like this was brand new that that ray was the first person to be a nobody and to show that you can still be special even without having some sort of lineage i mean this is the skywalker saga so of course we were centered on this particular family that did have this 
you know, specific thing that they came from and, and why they're powerful in the Force. But we've seen tons of Jedis throughout these movies that we don't know their parentage or their lineage. And they seem to still be who they are without that. So that's always been my biggest no, and thing. I've I don't disagree with you that too. Uh, this, the, the argument that, oh, well, Last Jedi opened up the force to everyone as if it hadn't been open already. <laughs> as if it like, wasn't <laughs> available to any random. Right. I completely agree with you. I mean, yes, back in the prequel days and before that, there were Jedi upon Jedi everywhere of all Shit. different names and races, and they weren't all Skywalkers or Palpatines or, you know, I mean, yeah, I, hate, I also can't stand that argument. So I'm, I completely agree with that. Anybody got anything else to rant on or love about the rise of Skywalker before we go? I guess, I guess that's a no. We've, um, we've killed Yasha. He's just dead now. Oh, Yasha's <laughs> fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to get out of here. As always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com with your questions and comments. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. <laughs>